Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing my post-games pod. Um, it's for several games. Uh, it was prior to the weekend, um, was my last pod, and since then the Mavs have not lost. The Mavs are on a seven-game winning streak, which is second in the league right now, Brooklyn is on a 12-game winning streak. They've moved all the way up to second place in the standings, but we'll talk about that later. We'll, uh, we're going to work on the Mavs first, but um, a couple things to uh, talk about with the Mavs. It, you know, like, for instance, you know, last game was a slow start for the Mavs. They played the Houston Rockets. Um, ultimately, they won the basketball game. They um, Lucas scored thirty nine, had twelve rebounds, eight assists, <clears throat> and you know, watching this team play over the last few games, um, it's it's really good to see them get wins. Um, a lot of what they've been playing over this last two weeks are bad teams, right? But um, it, it's okay that, you know, you can only play your schedule, and if you win seven in a row against seven bad teams, well, that's great, right? You, you don't, you're not going to complain about that. You can only play the schedule in front of you. You know, we've been, we've been wanting the Mavericks to beat the lesser teams, right? It, had they beaten the lesser teams, in the you know the start of the season, they'd probably have the best record in the West because the start of the season, the Mavs schedule not after the first four games or whatever, but the the beginning of the season, you know, the Mavs lost a lot of games against a lot of bad teams, and they beat some good teams. So those ones against the bad teams were frustrating to watch, uh, but it's. You know, really good to see them, you know, beat the bad teams and, you know, win seven in a row. Obviously, if you're the better team, that's what you're supposed to do. And a um, couple of things that sort of stick out over the last several games is, you know, the, there's Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green are out um, and Maxi obviously. Uh, Maxi he's not going to be back till probably February, March, who knows. But Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green, uh, you know, I, I've been trying to get some sort of timetable or look for some sort of timetable online to see, you know, how long it is, how much longer they're going to be out. I've not really seen anything. I, You know, I see where it's like, oh, they'll be reevaluated today or whatever. And it's just, I, I it'd be nice to get, at least two of those guys back, right? Obviously, Maxi, missing Maxi, um, is a big deal because I, I thought the way Maxi and Wood were playing together was really good. And now that you know Wood has gotten better with his defense, and you know with his block shots, he, he obviously he's not. You, you're not going to get like a a great. Def, de, uh, he's not going to be like a great defender, right? And he doesn't have to be. I, I think people see a guy and they're like, well, he's not great at defense. Well, you don't have to be great at defense. You just have to play defense, right? And seeing Wood lately, 
you know, pick up his defense. Obviously, you know, Dallas have a, has a defensive scheme, and I, I do think their defensive scheme is works. Obviously, we've seen it in the in the playoffs last year. I, I do think their scheme works. Uh, you know, one of the things they lacked last year was shot blocking, and that's one of the things that's really picked up with Christian Wood. Um, rebounding is another thing, uh, but that, that's still sort of down. They they've sort of bailed on the whole idea of rebounding, I guess, because you know they they brought in Javale McGee to basically rebound and protect the rim. Now, Javale McGee has sort of pretty much been a disappointment at this point, but. One thing he can do and one thing he did do when he does get to play is he rebounds, and you just need that. You know, it reminded me of DeAndre Jordan a couple of years ago, Luca's rookie year. You know, you didn't need Jordan to, you know, be a defensive stopper. You just needed somebody to rebound the dang ball. And I, sometimes I just, I, I think, sometimes I think McGee needs minutes at, at certain points in games because, he, he, you just need a big body in there to rebound the ball, because, you know, Dwight Powell, he he's not a, a good rebounder at all, you know, and I, I know he tries hard, and I get that, but his, his rebounding is just awful, and he, he gets pushed around a lot, you know, he he's one of those people that's got like no wingspan, right? It's, I, I guess it's not it's not a positive, but they say it's not a negative, but I don't know. I, I'm convinced it's a negative wingspan. But, you know, he gets no block shots. He gets no rebounds. And, you know, seeing a guy out there like Christian Wood get a lot of block shots is great. Um, you know, he only had seven rebounds. Uh, Reggie Bullock, funny enough, had eight rebounds. Um, it's good to see you know, Reggie get in there and get some rebounds because, you know, that's one of the things Dorian did, um, you know, when he plays is Dorian did rebound well. And if you're going to even be close in the rebounding stance, uh, stats, everybody's got to contribute, you know. I mean, they, they lost the rebound battle by five. That's not that's not a big deal, right? Five's not too bad. Um, it's it's just those games that you know they lose them by twenty, right? You don't want that. You don't want to lose a rebounding battle by twenty because you're you're putting yourself in a really tough situation. You've got to have like no turnovers. You know you can't turn the ball over at at, at all if you're going to lose the rebounding by that much. So, um, Christian Wood though he, he's played fantastic since he started. Uh, you know it's what everybody's been wanting. We've, we all wanted Christian Wood to start. Um, we all didn't understand why he wasn't starting. I, I sort of felt like Jason Kidd was not starting him to sort of spite the Mavs fans. And then when Powell got hurt, he was in a situation where he had to start him. And you see the results, you know. And, and so it's like, I, I feel like, you know, you, you want to... I, I feel like if he would have played poorly... Jason Kidd would would have got given you one of those press conferences where he you know I told you so type press conference, but the fact that he's playing well it's sort of been something that it's you know they don't he doesn't really talk about I don't know you know I I know he talks about how well he's been playing and stuff but he doesn't mention the fact that you know the fans wanted has wanted him to start for this whole time, and I know somebody made the joke about um, Twitter users being the Mavs coach. And or Mavs Twitter being the Mavs coach, and you know it's the Twitter users aren't asking for ridiculousness, right? 
Some are, obviously. You're going to have those weirdos out there. But if you were to look at, like, if you were to take all of the users and say, what did, what do you want the maps to do different? You know, you would get, like, a 70% of everything that's, like, 70% of the fans would go with something that's legit, that's reasonable. You know, saying start Christian Wood over Dwight Powell isn't unreasonable, right? Saying you should go out and trade for LeBron, like, you, it's unreasonable. They're not going to trade for LeBron. So, stuff like that drives me nuts. You know, it's like, they're not going to make any trades. Dallas isn't going to make a trade. If, if Dallas makes a trade, it, it, if anything, the only thing I could see is a playoff team being interested in JaVale McGee and offering a second-round pick, and Dallas takes it. That is the only thing I could see Dallas doing. Um, but, you know, most Mavs fans wanted Christian Wood to start, and it wasn't it wasn't a crazy idea. Uh, you know, there's others that think that some, you know, like Jaden Hardy should get more minutes. I, for one, think he should. Uh, one thing that's noticeable in these past games with all the uh, injuries is McKinley Wright getting a lot of minutes. Um, his game last night, he didn't put up any stats, uh, and he was a minus 14. He didn't have a good game at all, but he's had a couple games where he's really contributed, and he hustles, and he's he's kind of a smart player. Uh, you know, he seems more... You know, like, I, I don't know really anything about him. I guess I could look up and look into him. But it seems like he's a guy that played, say, four years of college basketball. And now he's two years out of college basketball. And he's played, you know, he played in whatever league last year. And you could tell he's more mature than somebody like Jaden Hardy, who's basically one year out of high school. Uh, you know, he played in the G League last year and... I, I, to me, the G League Ignite team is sort of an extension of an AAU club, and you, there's a lot of, I think, bad habits that, you know, guys don't get rid of. You know, they the tech guys will get rid of them in college because college coaches will, you know, get rid of those bad tendencies from your high school days. But going to that Ignite team, I, I feel like you pick up tendencies and you know, in, in high school, and they don't go away on that G League Ignite team because it's sort of an extension of that because all you're playing with is a bunch of AAU guys. And so you all have the same mentality. And so, you know, seeing him in the in the G League with the Legends, he you know, he plays really well, and that it's a really good sign. Um, you know, he, he comes in and plays a few spot minutes here and there, and... You know, sometimes he'll show you something. He can get to the rim. He can obviously get to the rim. That's something that he does very well. And, you know, sometimes he shoots well. Sometimes he doesn't. Obviously, you know, like I said, he's a young player. But, you know, McKinley Wright's been getting those minutes over him and Kemba Walker, for that matter. Um, McKinley Wright, I, I think because Kemba Walker struggles to move, you know, with his knee injuries, he doesn't move as well. I think that's another reason... He plays in that, and I think they're around the same height. Him and Kimball Walker are around the same height, but McKinley Wright is a stronger guy. If you look at him, he's a bigger guy. He's got more girth. So you're, 
even though he's smaller, you're not going to push him around. Like, J.J. Barea was short, right? He's about, he was like 5'10", but J.J. Barea was really strong. He was thick. You just didn't push him around. And that was the problem with, you know, guys like Yogi, you know, and Isaiah Thomas is, you know, these guys are five feet whatever, and they're skinny. And so it's like, not only are they defensive liabilities, but it's really bad. You know, it's... It's the same thing I think is with Trey Walker. Now Trey or Trey Walker, Trey uh, Trey Young. You know Trey Young is. Uh, you know he's like six feet, maybe six one, but he he looks like a little guy, and you know, bigger guards like Luca are just gonna post him up, and there's nothing he can do about it. Um, same thing with Ja. If you, you know, it's one thing that doesn't get spoke. You know, people don't talk about Ja Morant's like defense. Like Ja Morant doesn't play good defense. Like he's He's just an average defender. And, you know, when people, when I hear, when I listen to other pods and guys are like, oh, Luca doesn't play defense, that's how I know you don't watch a Mavs game, right? When you when you say Luca doesn't play defense, that's how I know you don't watch the Mavs games. Because Luca plays better defense than John Morant. But that's not the narrative, you know, because Luca's slow. And John Morant's this guy that people are trying to push. And, when you go back and watch that Mavs Memphis game, uh, one of the things Dallas did was they picked on John Morant. You watch it, Spencer Dinwiddie and Luca, whoever Jaw was covering, they got the ball and they abused him. And he's because he's a small guy. Now he's quick. That's the one thing he's got. But he's not. You can muscle him down if you want. If you're a bigger guard like Luca or Spencer, you can back him down and. It's not even Chris Paul, you know, somebody like that, if he wanted to. So I just, you know, I, I think that's why McKinley Wright's getting the minutes. Um, I was watching a game where uh, Hardy was getting minutes. I saw him block a shot. Like a, uh, it was just a one-on-one defensive play, and he blocked the shot. And I was, it was a really good individual defensive play, and it didn't really get. I don't know if it made any. Um, it probably made like the team highlights or whatever, but. I just thought it was a really good defensive play that didn't really get talked about. And, you know, I, I would like to see him get minutes. I, I really would. I, I know, like I said, he's a raw player. And you're going to have your ups and downs. But I, I think at the end of the day, he's got a skill that this team, I think, still really needs. And I, I think giving him, you know, McKinley Wright played six minutes yesterday. I, I think those should have gone to Hardy. And I... I don't think, you know, McKinley Wright, maybe you sign him next year instead of Kimball Walker and he gets, you know, 50 DNPs. I don't know. But I just don't, I, I think Hardy's got a future in this league. And I just don't think, I think it's a better future than McKinley Wright. McKinley Wright might help you win more now in certain games, but I, I just think Jaden Hardy needs more minutes. Um, I, I know it's silly, but. I still don't. I as positive as I try to be. Sometimes I, you know, some things kind of. I see some things and it, it frustrates me a bit. You know, one of the things that it can be frustrating is you know like Tim Hardaway, his shooting. You know, he's a volume shooter. He misses. You know, he he shot forty five percent from three yesterday, which you say is a good. You know, you look at it, oh that's a good percentage. He scored twenty one points. He took eleven three pointers and he made five. That's those six misses, that's a lot of misses. And 
it just it's frustrating to see. You know, Luca was really bad at his three. He was one for nine. He should have really stopped taking those threes. And as a team, they shot thirty percent. Um, Christian Wood had a pretty decent shooting, and Reggie Bullock's was a okay. His shooting percentage has been sort of creeping up. He's not as uh, detrimental de- detrimental to the team as he was um, at the start of the year. You know when he was you know playing twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and scoring zero points. You know that really hurts you. You you can't have a start your starter scoring. You know nothing. It, it's funny to look. You know you go look at the a game in you know mid November, and you look at the points scored by the starters. Or you know Reggie Bullock had the fewest points as a starter, and he had eight. You know Dinwiddie had eleven. Christian Wood had twenty one. Hardaway had twenty one, and Luca had thirty nine. And it's you know you're obviously you, you would like to get more from your bench. You, you got six from Powell. You got two from Kimba and three from Pinson, and Obviously, you would like to get more from your bench, but you know, right now with Dorian out and Maxi out and Josh Green out, you're sort of losing. You're down three heavy rotation players, and you're kind of kind of just going with what you got. Uh, you know, Nilakina, he's hot and cold. The funny thing about Nilakina is he's always a plus and the plus minus, but he just some like he didn't even score any points. He was 0 for two. You know, the other day he had nine. But the thing about Neil Aquina is his defense is, you know, phenomenal. And I, I just think he's a guy that, you know, he played seventeen minutes. I think he needs more minutes. Because I think his defense is what, you know, this team needs. Obviously the you know, when you look at the I follow this guy, he's like NBA math or whatever on Twitter and he always has these charts for players and teams and when you look at the Mavs, team-wise, you know they are their offensive efficiency is going up, and it's been going up as they've been winning, right? But their defense has done nothing. It's still in the same spot, and obviously they're missing three of their best defensive players. And I, you know, I, I just think Nailakina needs more minutes. Um, one of the things that has come up at is you know Christian Wood being eligible for an extension and you know he's eligible for a four-year extension and rumor has it the Mavs only want to give him two which is typical Mark Cuban really frustrating um, especially when Luca comes out and says you know he likes playing with them you know you could probably have Christian Wood for what you're paying Tim Hardaway and I think he I mean, he's basically, he's better than Hardaway. He, you get the same, what you're paying Bertans, but you're getting a much better player. And kind of walking away from that like Cuban is, just to try and have money, cap money again, is very frustrating. You know, I, it's one of those things where it's like, if you really want to get, you know, save money, you know, find a trade for Tim Hardaway Jr., you know. I think this team can win without him. I, I think you saw it last year. This team can win without Tim Hardaway Jr. And I don't mean to make him some sort of punching bag. You know, I sort of talk about him every pod. But, you know, one of the things that, like I said, frustrates me about him is the volume shooting. And even when his shot's not falling, you're still getting the volume shooting. And 
I do think you could find those points elsewhere. And I, I think you would be just fine without them. Especially if you, you know, gave those um, minutes to, like, Dorian or Josh Green when he, you know, when they come back. You give more minutes to those guys, go with more minutes to Lino Kina, and I just don't think you miss him at all. Not only does your defense improve because they're all better defenders than Hardaway, but you're not going to have those empty possessions where he just misses so many shots. And I, I just think... You know, in two years, Hardaway and Breton's contracts are going to be off the books anyways. And pretty much the only contract on the books is going to be Luca. You're going to be able to sign who you want, regardless of um, Wood being a two-year guy or a four-year guy. Now, some people believe that he might take that sort of two-year deal because in two years, he'll be eligible for a bigger contract and... With the cap going up, because some people, you know, they're talking about with the, with the new TV contract, the cap's going to be higher. With the cap going up, he'll be eligible for more money. So it's something that he actually might do so that he can actually make more money and the Mavericks can pay him more than anybody else. So I, I don't know. It, you know, it's it's one of those things where if, if, if you don't sign him and he gets mad and walks, you know, you're not. You're not getting anybody. You're not getting anybody this off season that's going to replace him. I, I, you know, if you look at NBA free agents this off season, your your best, your best available, realistic is probably Kyle Kuzma. I think he's a free agent. So, you know, that's something that, you know, Washington's looking to move on him. I don't know if Dallas has enough to get him. I, I think there are other teams out there who probably have more. I think if Dallas tries to make a trade, the first player the teams that teams are going to talk about is Josh Green, and I don't think Dallas wants to give him up. And I, I don't think Dallas should give him up. Um, you know, one of the guys again they keep talking about is Zach Levine. I, I don't know. You know, Chicago still in that. You know, they're in eleventh spot right now. They've been. They've poked their head in at 10. They've won some games. Now they've lost two in a row. The Wizards have won five in a row, and they're back up to the 10th spot. And, you know, it, will Chicago blow it up? I, I, I don't know. Um, and if Chicago does blow it up, I just think there are other teams out there that have better trade options than Dallas. You know, the only thing Dallas can offer is your 2025 pick and a 2027, and then... Only to do that, you have to get rid of the protections on your 2023 pick. So you have to be willing to give that up. You know, I, I don't think Dallas will get that pick. I don't think they'll have a bottom 10 record unless something happens catastrophic. And, you know, I, I just, I don't think Dallas is going to be able to get anybody like Levine or DeRozan but, you know, depending on who gets traded, like who's available, you know, what teams make trades and what teams are looking to move on players and then who's left, you know, you could see you could see a team like, you know, Toronto, supposedly Gary Trent Jr. is available, right? Gary Trent Jr. would be awesome on this team, Um and, you know, Toronto's sitting at 12. I don't know what 
they want for him. I, to me, to get Gary Trent Jr., you'd have to give up probably Jaden Hardy and something else. Um, I don't know how much Gary Trent Jr. makes. I don't think it's a lot. I think he's still on his rookie deal, and he was like a second-round pick to begin with. So uh, I think he was. So, you know, you could have him for, you know, you could probably get him and not have to give up a lot. Personally, I think I'd rather have Jaden Hardy. I, I think his ceiling is higher. Now, Gary Trent Jr. is a really good player, but, you know, I got to think, you know, for me, I think about what's a player going to look like in, say, five years. I, I think Gary Trent Jr. is who he is right now, where I think as Jane Hardy can be a major rotation guy, you know, three years from now, you know, four years from now. And I, I think at this point, I'd rather have Jaden Hardy. Um, you know, Charlotte. There's rumors about, not Charlotte, uh, Orlando. You know, they have uh, Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. Those are two guys that they're looking to probably move. Uh, if you could put Gary Harris, somehow get Harry, Gary Harris or Terrence Ross in that Kimball Walker spot, you'd have to, if you could wave Kimball Walker and somehow just trade like a future second or something for one of those guys, I think that's a big win. I think those two guys are really good. I think those two guys will be moved, and I don't think the teams that get them will have to give up a lot, and I think they'll go to contending teams, and they'll be contributing players, you know, whoever it may be, uh, you know, even if it's a team like Miami, you know, looking to pick up a, a little more talent, uh, you know, there are guys like that, Bogdanovich, you know, I don't know what it'll take to get Bogdanovich from Detroit. Uh, you know he makes about 18. I think the only the only way you could get away with trading him at Bertans, you'd probably have to give up a future draft pick. But you know they would take Bertans over Bogdanovich because I think Bogdanovich has a lot uh, a lot more years left on his deal than Bertans. Bertans has like only like a year after this year. So you know it's one of those things you could you might get away with if you're willing to give up a pick. Um, I, I think Dallas, I think there's something with Dallas's pick. It's protected, protected for so long, and then it turns to something else. So I think they can trade like a 26 or something like that if they choose because after 25, that something happens to that pick. So that I, I, I could, I'm probably wrong about that. So don't, you know, say that sentence. So that's something that I heard. But it wasn't from a really good like source. I, I think I, I'd heard on something, and I don't know if they were right or not. But I think that protection that Dallas has on that pick is for only so long, and then it turns into something. And so at that point, Dallas can trade the pick that's after that year. And I think that's like 26 or 27. And maybe that's maybe Detroit's willing to take something like that. And Bertans for you know Bogdanovich, but I, I do think there's going to be a lot of suitors for Bogdanovich. Um, but I think he would fit the Mavs perfect. I wanted the Mavs to sign him a few years uh, when he signed with uh, Utah. I wanted the Mavs to sign him then. You know that when when that free agency ended and Dallas had no players, and you know Mavs media was like, "Oh, we weren't going to get Kawhi. You weren't going to get LeBron." It's like, no, that's not who I wanted. I knew we weren't going to get those guys. I wanted a guy like Bogdanovich who was. A, affordable, and two, would fit this team perfectly, especially when it was when they had Porzingis. 
And D would probably have loved playing with, you know, Luca and Porzingis at the time because, you know, it would have been like this Euro team, right? He's, he's a good defender, and I, I just thought he would have been a fantastic addition to the Mavs team, but they they blow it like they always do, and they got nobody, and then the Mavs media ran and gave excuses and just another thing that annoyed me. But, you know, you have an opportunity to get him again, and I, I think Dallas should pursue that one the most because I think Bogdanovich is probably the most gettable. You know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what Detroit's going to want, but, you know, with guys like... Um, Levine and DeRozan possibly available. I, I think some of the other teams are going to really take a run at those guys and really concentrate. Even if OG Ananobi, who you know, I think when the year started, he wanted out of Toronto and they were going to try to try to you know try to uh, find a trade partner for him. I, I think he might even be available. I don't think Dallas has enough to get OG, but if other teams concentrate on those guys. And Dallas could kind of slip under the radar and grab Bogdanovich. That might work out. Um, you know, Trey Young, whether that whole rumor's true about him being um, maybe being trade eligible. Uh, John Collins is another one. I, I feel like if you trade Trey Young, John Collins would probably want to stay and play with DeJounte Murray. Uh, I, I think John Collins and Trey Young don't really get along. I think that's always been the problem with that. But. You know, I don't know the only. I don't know who want who's interested in Trey Young. Um, you know, I, I know there are teams that are probably interested in him, but you know, you look up and down the the standings, and you're like, well, would, you know, even at the bottom, you know, like maybe San Antonio would be interested in him. San Antonio doesn't have a point guard, right? And they're primo, basically. You know, he got waived. You know, maybe San Antonio would be interested. But does San Antonio have something that Atlanta wants? I, I just don't think so. I don't think San Antonio has the assets. Um, you know, the Lakers have the Westbrook expiring and those draft picks, but that's pretty much it. They don't have really any young assets. Uh, you know, Minnesota, they don't need them because they have Anthony Edwards. Oklahoma City doesn't need them. They got Gilgis Alexander. You know, Houston, I don't think, really needs them. I, you stick with uh, Green there. Uh, you know, maybe Utah, you could start him in Utah. Um, I do think Utah will let Jordan Clarkson at some point go, and maybe Mike Conley. You know, I, but I think I don't think that's enough for Trey Young. Um, and Utah is a team that's trying to get picks, right? So, you know, as Utah falls in the standings, they're below 500 now. And they're sitting at 10th, and it wouldn't shock me if one of the Minnesota or Los Angeles passed them. You know, I, what's funny is I had them at finishing 12th in the West when I did my predictions. And, you know, when they were first place for all those weeks and up in the top four for those weeks, I was like, man, they, that's a, I guess I was wrong on that one. But as they sort of fall, you know, you make, you trade Clarkson and then you trade Connolly, and all of a sudden, you know, Larry Markkinen misses three weeks of basketball. You're, you're going to lose a lot of basketball games. You know, they've lost four in a row as it is. So, you know, Markkinen's playing well, but I, I think they hold on to Markkinen and um, Colin Sexton. I just think they let Clarkson and Conley go. Uh, you know, Golden State doesn't need them. Phoenix, Portland, Clippers, none of the, none of the rest of the teams could use Trey Young. 
And then in the Eastern Conference, Detroit doesn't need him, neither does Charlotte. Um, would he be good on Orlando? I don't know. Uh, you know, I like Orlando's um, front court, obviously, with Banchero and or Bancaro and Wagner. Um, I do like Jalen Suggs. Uh, you know, he's, I guess, been hurt and he's coming back. But uh, Jonathan Isaac, funny enough, is coming back too. He hadn't played since the bubble. Um, he's like the he was the T.J. Warren, the other guy. T.J. Warren has been playing for Brooklyn, and Brooklyn he's been playing pretty well from what I understand. So uh, Jonathan Isaac, believe it or not, is coming back. It's interesting. He's he's an interesting player. When Dallas um, drafted Dennis Smith Jr., I remember in that particular draft, there were always there were three guys that would show up for the Mavs in that ninth pick. I think they had. Um, there were three guys that kept showing up in mock drafts before that. It was Lowry Marketing, it was Frank Nilakina, and it was Jonathan Isaac. Um, some people thought Jonathan Isaac might fall to where Dallas, but he was taken like sixth or fifth or seventh, I don't know. And then Lowry Marketing was taken. None of those guys were actually available. Even Nilakina wasn't even available when Dallas drafted. And uh, ironically, Nilakina is the one that plays for Dallas, and Dennis Smith Jr. was the one they drafted. But. You know, Atlanta, like I said, I, you know, maybe the Wizards could take a run at him, but I don't think the Wizards do a Trey Young for Bradley Beal. I, I, I think that's crazy because um, theoretically you'd want to pair those guys together, but you never know with the Wizards. They might just want to dump Bradley Beal and start sort of fresh and have, you know, Trey Young play with Porzingis. Um, you know, Indiana has Halliburton, maybe the, you know, Miami Heat, I guess that's a team, but my, what does Miami have that, you know, Atlanta might want, you know, are they going to want Tyler Hero, but is Miami going to want to trade Tyler Hero? So that's, it's an interesting, because none of the other team, Pacers, you know, Halliburton, Philadelphia, I, I don't know if they have the, you know, anything that Atlanta wants. And then the rest of the team, like Milwaukee, Brooklyn, is just it's it's going to be an interesting sort of how it plays out. You know, does John Collins get traded? So I, you know, I, I'm curious as to what's going to happen with this trade deadline. Uh, you know, with the play-in tournament, I think some teams are less willing to part with some of their guys that would more likely have been willing to trade. Um, but you know, I'm curious if Dallas does get involved. And, you know, they made a major trade last year, and it was for the better, you know. I, I think that trade helped both teams. You know, whether or not they can turn Bertans into anything, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I know some a lot of people would be against it, um, but in my opinion, I it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see Dallas trade Dinwiddie. Um, I got nothing against them. I, I just think... If, if a really good trade came up and it cost you Dinwiddie, I don't think that's such a bad thing. So, you know, I, I don't know what that trade would be. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know who's actually, actually going to be available and what it is, but, you know, Dinwiddie, as good as he is and as good, you know, sometimes he, he's, he's a little inconsistent and, Sometimes it's it's a little frustrating 
sometimes he, I feel like he needs to, he feels like he has to score. I remember I was watching a game. I can't remember which game it was, but it was like three or four possessions in a row where nobody else touched the ball but Dinwiddie. You know, it was when Luka was on the bench. Nobody else even touched the ball but Dinwiddie. And he missed all the shots. And it was like, God, what is happening? And the other team starts coming back. And I'm like, this is why, you know, teams come back on Dallas. It's because the second team, you know, doesn't run very well. I'd At that point, I'd rather have Nilakina run the second team, right? It's a, You have a better chance because at least Nilakina shares the ball with other guys. And it seems like Dinwiddie doesn't share as much as I... I don't know. I, I think he should. But, and like I said, I'm not knocking him or anything. I just think... If you wanted to move on Dinwiddie or Tim Hardaway, I, I just don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think you could trade those guys and still survive. That's just the way I think. Um, I don't know if this team is good enough to win the finals. I think they're good enough to make noise in the playoffs. When you have Luka on your team, you're always good enough to win a series. But you always run into a team like Golden State where they'll have multiple guys who can score, and you've just got the one. And, you know, Dinwiddie will have a bad game, or Hardaway will have, and it's just, well, then you're stuck. You know, you, you just can't put up the stats. To, you can't put up the points. And I, I just think if if you could, if you got something good in return, I, I think it would be okay to move on Hardaway or Dinwiddie. And I, I don't think it would hurt this team. I think it would be a nice little shakeup, but like I said, I think if I think Dallas should target Bogdanovich more than any of the other players. I think Bogdanovich fits this team better because uh, you could play Bogdanovich next to um, Christian Wood, and you could still start Dorian and Tim Hardaway if he you know is still on the team, which I figured they wouldn't take you know Tim Hardaway for Bogdanovich. That's sort of a silly trade, but. Because Tim Hardaway, I think his contract is shorter as well. But I think it continues to go up. And I don't think they're interested in something like that. But, you know, you could you could start it and just, you know, just the four guys I'm talking about. You could have Luka. You could have Dorian. You could have Bogdanovich. And you could have Christian Wood. And I think that's a quality starting lineup, whoever it is that fifth person may be. Whether you want to make it Bullock, Hardaway, Josh Green, whatever. And I, I think you add size because Bogdanovich is a bigger player. And, you know, he's bigger than Bullock. He's bigger than Dorian. And he can play that four position. And I, I just, he can score on his own. He, he can create his own shot. And I, I just think it's something that Dallas should pursue. I think he's the guy they should pursue that's realistic. Right? I don't think they're getting Levine. I don't think they're getting Kuzma. I don't think they're getting DeRosa. I don't think they're getting those guys. I don't think those guys are realistic. I think realistically you could get Bogdanovich, but like the only problem I think they would have is I think he has long a lot longer left on his contract, and that I don't think um, Cuban wants that. Obviously, he wants to keep his powder dry for whatever reason because he wants a chance to sign somebody in two years. I don't know who that's going to be because nobody's come flocking to Dallas yet, even though we were told that people are going guys are going to play with Luca, right? That's nothing against Luca. I think obviously I think Luca's the best player in the league, but it's like guys aren't coming to play with Luca. They want to play with their buddies. They're willing to play with their AAU buddy. That, that's just how it is, right? So it's 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 just what you deal with when your best player is a European player. You know, 
guys haven't flocked to play with Jokic or Giannis, you know. Even as great as those two guys have been, those last four MVPs, how many guys have flocked to go and play with those guys? None, nobody, right? Middleton was the guy they traded for who was playing G League. You know, Drew Holiday was another guy they had to trade for. You know, guys aren't flocking to Milwaukee to play with it. P.J. Tucker left Milwaukee to go play in Miami. So guys haven't really exactly, you know, been flocking to play with these European players. It's just how it is. It's just what you have to deal with. So Dallas needs to get creative when it comes to bringing players in. They've always done better with trades than they have with free agency and drafting. Like, look at their last... Like, what's their last bad trade? You want to say the Porzingis trade was bad? I don't know. I don't think it was a bad trade. Uh, You know, the best player you gave up was Dennis Smith Jr. I like Dennis Smith Jr., but how great was he? You know, he's a decent player, but I think you've got your replacement for Dennis Smith Jr. already on the bench. You know, Jaden Hardy is sort of the same guy. Uh, So I just, you know, you obviously take a shot at a guy like Porzingis and it didn't work, but they still got, you know, Dinwiddie and Bertans, who, you know, have played well, obviously. But, you know, Dinwiddie, I, I would played a lot better last year when he was coming off the bench. And that's something that, you know, I it wouldn't be so bad to make that change. I, I think if you, if you wanted to shake things up even more, you could bring, you could bring Dinwiddie off the bench and start Josh Green. Um, so I don't know. I still think this team needs some sort of something. You know, the next ten games are going to be tough. Um, not all of them. There's a couple that are in there that aren't as hard. But you know, they do play Boston. They do play the Pelicans. They do play the Clippers. And uh, there's you know there's some games in there like that. And you know, if Dallas goes out and gets blown out by Boston on Thursday, it's like you know, yeah, we won seven in a row against seven bad teams. You know, when it comes to playing these good teams, we're still just not good enough. And so at that point, I, I think that tells you you've got to make some sort of change. And I don't think it has to be a major change. I just think it has to be a tweak. And I, and I like the tweak they made last year, and I, I just think they should make another tweak this year. And so that's something I'd like to see. Um, like I said, their next game is Boston on Thursday. Um, I... I I think they can beat Boston. Boston went on this winning streak where they were winning a lot of games, but they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've not been playing that well here lately. Uh, so th- they are beatable. Uh, you know, they're still tops in the East, but they're only one game up on Brooklyn. Uh, you know, Indiana, good for them. They've stayed really, you know, they've stayed up there. They've won four in a row. Um, you know, Philly's up there at five. Miami's moved up to seven. You know, they New York's that team that's sort of teetering on making the play in. I think because of how bad some of the other teams are, like Chicago and Toronto, I think New York does make the play in. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know what Atlanta's going to do. I think at some point Atlanta's going to sort of what do what they did last year. They they snuck into the play in basically, and then they won the eighth seed even though they you know, weren't the eighth seed going into the play-in. So that's a team that could you don't want to play in the play-in because you know Atlanta has a lot of guys that can get hot and 
they can beat anybody on any given night. So, um, you know, the Wizards, you never know what the Wizards, they, they're just one of those teams that, you know, KP is good and he was player of the week last week, I think, but, you know, it, you have to hope he stays healthy. So, um, you know, Dallas has moved up to the fourth spot. Uh, they're only two and a half games out of first place, believe it or not, which is crazy to think about um, considering how their season has gone, being that close to first place. Uh, they got, you know, they passed up Sacramento and they passed up the Clippers. You know, Portland's fallen a little. Phoenix has really fallen without uh, with Devin Booker gone. They've lost three in a row. Um, Golden State's won five in a row, and Curry's been out. So, you know, that's something to sort of keep an eye on. But uh, other than that, you know, Denver has played pretty well, but they're not unbeatable. I think Dallas could beat Denver in a playoff series. Um, the only thing, the only team that I think Dallas, when I look at matchups and stuff, I think worst case scenario with Dallas, if they matched up with New Orleans, I, I just don't think Dallas matches up with New Orleans very well. And obviously with the Clippers, I just don't know how the series would go with the, uh, you know, the history that is. And Golden State, you know, if Curry comes back and Clay starts playing well, I just Dallas doesn't have the guys to keep up offensively with them. And if they're just going to refuse to, you know, play JaVel McGee in a time when they need rebounding, you know, Kevon Looney will go 20-10 and 10 on him again. And it just, you know, stuff like that's frustrating. But um, to me, those are the only three teams. I, I think Dallas can beat Denver, like I said, in a seven-game. I think they can beat Memphis in a seven-game series. Um, Sacramento and, you know, Portland. Dallas plays well against Portland. I think they could beat Phoenix. And obviously, whoever that 10th team is, if it were to somewhat happen, they made it far or whatever. But I, I think, you know, those are the only teams that, to me, that Dallas would have to worry about. And even with Port with New, uh, New Orleans, you know, who's going to be healthy? If they're all healthy, then you might, you know, they, they have the guys, they have the players to throw at Luka. You know, between Troy Murphy and Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels and even if you want to throw Brandon Ingram on, you know, they have the guys to throw at Luka and waste a lot of fouls. And then they have the big body up front and Valanchunas who will just dominate the glass. And it's just one of those things where uh, I think it's a bad matchup for Dallas, personally. But uh, anyhow, I, I Dallas could probably beat the Clippers. I don't know if the Clippers are the same team, even with Kawhi. They're still, you know, they lost three in a row. They still struggle. So, to me, it, it probably is just New Orleans and Golden State. And it's to me, it's New Orleans who has the defensive players and Golden State's so that's got the offensive players. That's the biggest thing. So, anyhow, I'm going to end it there. I, uh, I'm going to try not to wait so long in between. I, I decided, you know, not to do one after every game. Um, during the holiday season, you know, I was traveling a few different times and so it was tough to make consistent pods but holiday season's over i'm back to work so hopefully i'll get my pods more consistent and um you know dallas plays like i said on thursday so you know maybe over the weekend i will make another pod and there will only been one or two games as as you know as opposed to like three or four that they've played since the last one so um, other than that, um, if you could 
rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.